Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Jesus fucking Christ. Ben. <laughs> Sorry, this is such a fucking whack ass <laughs> intro. Ben's been fucking trolling me for the past <laughs> 45 minutes. I've been sitting here with the recording software going, and he just keeps making horrible, horrific jokes that no one will ever hear. Oh, my God. Hey, Ben. How are you? I'm doing okay. Yeah? late. Like, later than we normally start recording. Well, we had other stuff to do today. We did other stuff. But also, we went and got food, which is like a whole separate thing. And ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) He only sounds like that because we got done getting food, and he was like, do you want ice cream? And I was like, nah, I'm okay. He was like, you sure? Man basically tried to guilt trip me into going to get ice cream because he wanted some, and he was driving. And I was like, if you're going to go get ice cream, go get ice cream. I like ice cream. You're not going to defend yourself in any no. way? You're just a fucking... I, I feel no shame. Then why did you not... Why? He was only going to go get ice cream if I agreed. Right. Because like, I didn't want to drive 20 minutes to get ice cream and you not get anything. But if... <laughs> I was asking if you, if you were going to get anything. Even if I had said no, you could could have still just gotten Yeah, but some. I probably wouldn't have done it because it takes a while to do. Like it was not there bad. And drive back. It's not that bad. But still. It's not that bad. Yeah. So let's let's just get into the podcast. No, hold on. Well, quit making that face at me. Sometimes I wish I had a camera, like a, that was pointed at you, because you make the dumbest faces and get so angry at me during the podcast. Not really angry. There's something I want to talk about before we get to the actual podcast part of the podcast, where we you know talk about a movie or whatever. I've been rewatching, and I I teased this earlier when we were working on the other thing we recorded earlier today i was rewatching our episode on, on halloween because you know i like to go back through and watch old content sometimes just Who to says, see even though he only watched 10 minutes of that episode uh, i probably watched half an hour worth and that episode's like an hour long or something i digress benjamin we you know how sometimes people are like ah oh, we we became what we hated we evolved from what we hated well, we've surpassed what are you talking about you know how we're we're always shitting on scream fans for <laughs> spoiling that movie? Yeah. We spoil Scream in the first 15 minutes of our episode on Halloween. And I got so angry when I listened to it because I did not know we did that. Yeah, we say uh, who the killer is, right? Yes. Both of them? Yes. We spoil the whole thing. Yeah. Which makes me not knowing later even funnier. I know. <laughs> I remember doing that. I don't know where you got the... Uh... The second I killer don't from. know. I have no, no idea. I, I remember doing that. And to be honest, it was one of those things where even, what, episode three or four, we already knew how bad it was. And we were just like, well, fuck it. But also, we gave a warning before that. No, we didn't. Totally no, we gave didn't. A warning. Uh, we were just talking about random bullshit. And then, I don't know what, we were talking about Dr. Loomis for the first time. And Scream came up. I don't even know how Scream came up. And you were like, oh, yeah, same last name. Yeah, like, Billy Loomis. Yeah, it was a whole thing. And then I, we, we just both said it out loud, and I was like, I can't believe we did that. But then we get, I got so angry, I don't know, 90 episodes later <laughs> about the exact same thing. I think it's just much funnier that we did that then and you didn't remember. I mean, it is funny, but I'm just like, God bless. We are. That's such a funny through line for the podcast. I guess, but at the same time, this is a horror podcast. And, like, 
you expect to hear spoilers for movies on here. I know, but we've gotten so much better about not trying to ruin it for people. We have, but like that was. But back then, we just didn't give a flying fuck because it wasn't the format. You know, it didn't matter. Yeah. I just thought it was really, but really funny. That's still better than going onto Twitter and like posting a picture of the killer with their name. Oh, we haven't talked about that on the podcast, have we? No. Oh my god! <sighs> Look, I I know I'm being a hypocrite because of what I just told you we did. No, on that, episode I, like four I said, of the that's completely different. Because horror podcast, you talk about horror stuff, and also we were a very loosey goosey spoiler filled podcast. Yeah. No, I sent this to Ben, and I was so fucking angry. I'm scrolling through Twitter, and this is, once again, this is about a Scream spoiler that I saw. Not for Scream, for a different movie, but I don't know which Scream it was, because you didn't tell me, but I don't really care. I wasn't planning on telling you. That's fine. Because, I mean, as soon as we watch the movie and I see the character, I'm going to go, oh, it's this one. So it doesn't really matter. Basically, I was scrolling through Twitter, and someone posted a picture of a character from Scream and said, this character was a pretty good ghost face. Why would you ever just post that? With, like, no content warning, no spoiler warning, you're not going to hide the picture. I'm so upset about it. I'm so sick of, like, I need to go back. You know what I didn't do? I didn't mute the word ghost face. But I muted, like, scream. Oh, you need to go mute ghost face. I need to mute ghost face. So a lot of people don't even say scream anymore. They're just like, here's the ghost face killers. It's just like, motherfucker. Like, can you all stop, please? Scream enjoyers. Like, I get it. It's cool. Um, Some of us haven't seen all those films. And, you know, are on the internet sometimes. So mad. I was yeah. so mad. God. In lighter news, it was Friday the 13th this Friday. That was cool. That was cool, Lots yeah. of memes. Lots of memes. Good ones. I changed my um my profile picture on stuff, like Google and Steam and stuff. Did you change it on Discord? Uh, not yet. Oh, okay. Just curious. Because my, my usual one is um Kirby eating a watermelon. <laughs> yeah. I now changed it. I know, because that's your email. <laughs> when I email you stuff... <laughs> I always know it's you because it's Kirby in a watermelon. <laughs> I changed it. To the one I sent you? It's now Kirby in a Jason mask. <laughs> yep. It was a very good meme I sent Benjamin of uh, Kirby eating Jason Voorhees and turning into Jason. No, I just, it was cool that Friday the 13th was like, happened during October. Because it was like, uh, at work, they were doing tons of like Halloween themed stuff. So, in my office. Oh, like yeah. not down where you work, in the in the slums. Don't call it the slums. It's the slums, Benjamin. I don't care. It's hot and sweaty down there. I sit in an air-conditioned office now. Just like you. Huh? (laughs) Bob can't deny that. What? He said it's hot and sweaty, just like you. I'm not hot, nor am I sweaty. Okay. Do you have any... Oh, my God. I was going to ask if you had any other news. Do you have any other news before I start yelling again? Uh, No, I'm just going to let you yell. Okay. So, you know how we were talking about (laughs) the new Exorcist movie last week? Uh, and how it's ten times better than... <laughs> Shut up, bitch. I want to hear my it. favorite quote ever. <laughs> that guy going, so much better. <laughs> Shut up, motherfucker. Well, the new one apparently bombed in the box office. And it's not doing well. People are dunking all over it. People are not... In reviews. In reviews. But in money. But I guess it made money because they've announced they're making another one already. Now, I don't know if it's going to be the same director. I don't know the concept. I don't know anything about it. Can they please stop? Admittedly, it might be one of those things where this movie didn't make a lot of money, but they're like, all right, we have a chance to potentially make enough money on the second one that it's worth it. No. You know? I don't care. No, you don't care. I'm just mad. I'm just really upset about it, to be honest. That's all it is. That's all it is. I just wanted to put that out into the world, is that we're probably going to watch that new Exodus movie at some point on the podcast. 
I don't want to give it my money, but I will. And we'll probably watch the other one. I I'm mean, just angry. Fair, we probably will. That they're making them. Because motherfuckers stop making things that aren't don't need to be made. They don't need to make it. They just it's a cash grab. I mean, I'm just being honest. Like, I don't know. It just makes me upset. It just makes me so, so upset. Because the original feels so defiled. <laughs> that makes defiled. me angry. Okay. You don't have anything? Uh, nope. Okay. I guess we'll move on to the actual podcast part of the podcast. Podcast, podcast. Mm-hmm. We talk about podcasts. I mean, not... We could. <laughs> Can you imagine? A podcast about podcasts? Yeah. It's kind of cool. Not a bad idea. I do not think, however, that it would be great. No. We have three categories for the season. Yeah, do you need me to break them down again? Because we're kind of still early on. You can if you want to. All right, so we have three categories this season. We have my category, which is Slurposaurs, which is it's a film technique, and it's kind of a nickname for that technique, but it's when you use a real-life animal to represent something it's not. Um, so usually it's like an animal representing like a monster or some real life thing that it very clearly isn't um it's used in horror sometimes a good example of a film we've watched on this podcast would be night of the lepus because like the bunnies in that when they're giant monster bunnies are played by regular bunnies that are digitally enlarged (laughs) in fact they're digitally enhanced bunnies but that's a slurposaur however while there is examples of it in horror like tarantula and obviously night of the lepus the vast majority of examples uh, exist in like the realm of science fiction, kind of adventure stuff. Mm-hmm. And so for this season, we're kind of trying out maybe stepping a little away for horror when we have to for like, you know, observing a technique. Yeah, because like this podcast is a horror podcast, but it's also a film podcast. Yeah, if I could have my way, we would do all horror. But to be honest, I think it'll work out better if we do some non-horror movies Mm -hmm. because I just want to look at this technique because I think it's really cool. No, but also, like, I feel like it adds variety. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes. It's nice every once in a while. But, you know, heads up, that category is not going to be horror this season. So I'm sorry about that. I know that kind of sucks. Additionally, and I'm going to give this disclaimer now, the movies we're watching because uh, Slurposaur stuff was really big back in the 40s through 60s because it was basically the super cheap cutting budget way of doing like movie monsters and stuff Mm because the alternative was like stop motion which was a lot more expensive but since it was popular back then before you know animal cruelty laws sometimes there's some animal cruelty in these films and that really sucks and i wish it wasn't in them but i i think it's sometimes important to view film history and the fact that like it's not always great yeah no there's some fucked up shit in movies so um I'm going to give you a warning now on that category, and I'm not sure how we're going to work it whenever we cover a film. Uh, Probably at some point during the movie, we'll go over potentially any issues, Mm -hmm. and um, maybe Bob will slap a warning at the beginning with those listed yeah, or something. We'll have to figure it out, but you know, warning for that category. Our second category is pre-code movies, which are basically movies made before like the pre-code laws, which is like the precursor, not the pre-code laws, movie code laws which is just a precursor to, like, MPA-style rating of movies. Basically, it was a bunch of rules that said, hey, you can do this in, horror, in like, movies, but you can't do this. Yep. And it basically banned uh, movies from being, like, controversial or not safe for families. Mm-hmm. 
which you know doesn't seem like a big deal but when you watch a lot of pre-code films besides the fact that they're weird because they're super super early in film history like before the 1930s a lot of them have themes and ideas that you would expect from films maybe from the 80s onwards because you're just not used to associating them with older films Mm -hmm. so a lot of like more horror-esque themes in these pre-code films then our final category is neo monster movies which was bob's category and I harped on him last episode, so I'm all I'm gonna say here is it was very confusing choice because it's not really a pre-existing genre. Look, but it was an interesting choice. I'm glad he chose it. We'll have some interesting movies on this podcast with it. However, the way we're using to define it here because we couldn't really get a solid definition of it or find uh, a solid list of films for it is ideally a monster movie. Featuring a humanoid monster, preferably one, but multiple are okay, that does not fit the traditional uh, genre of, like, zombie, werewolf, vampire. Basically, it's a unique monster. Yeah. But it's humanoid. But those are our three categories. So, Bob chose Neo Monster Movie last week. Shockingly enough, he chose, I think it was Spot 2. Yeah, I think so. But that was... Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers, which it has some problems. Yeah. From a, a moral standpoint. From a moral standpoint, <laughs> but I like that movie. But we covered it, so don't have to talk about it again. Yeah. And then that was spot two. So I assume he's going to choose a different spot today because knowing Bob, different category, different spot. Yeah. So my thought process here is I am super duper interested in pre-code film. Like it's something that I've known about for a while because I watched – there's this other dude on YouTube – he does like bar content, but he's also super into movies. And he, which guy is it? Uh, I think it's what is it? How to Drink? Oh yeah, I know. He I talks know. about like movie stuff all the time on his show. Yeah, he does. And he was meant talking about how he was basically making cocktails from pre-code movies as like a whole. Like, I mean, that's fair, but that's, genre series thing. That's less like cocktails from pre-code movies and more just looking at old cocktails because, um, interestingly enough, tastes change over time. So, yeah. like, old cocktails are really weird, especially because Prohibition and stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen, like, a, what is it, a cowboy? Oh, what is that? Isn't it's, that whiskey and beer or something? No, it's, uh like, whiskey and, like, cream. That's what it is. It's a it's a weird um Prohibition cocktail. But, you know, stuff like that. And a lot of those recipes are, like, lost. So there's a lot of, um I guess the word would be cocktail historians who, like, try and dig up old recipes and make them and stuff. It's more of that, but then he's probably theming it towards No, yeah, he was, he was talking about movies and stuff, and for the longest time, he always talked about, like, the code laws and pre-code stuff, and I've always been interested in watching films from that era, but I never really thought about watching horror films from that era, and that is so interesting to me. I mean, there's a shocking amount of horror films from that era, because, like I said, they could do them, you know? Yeah, but I'm so excited, I'm going to save it. We're not doing a double Neo Monsters. We're going to go to fucking Slurposaurs, which is su- I, I, such a dumb name. I like it. <laughs> it's a stupid name. Trust me, it fits this category way too well. Okay. Like, okay. way too well. So, yeah, Slurposaurs. Uh, you okay. got spots one, two, and three available. We'll go with Slurposaurs. Spot one. Fuck one? It. Yeah. All right. Today, for our not horror movie, 
we are watching Journey to the Center of the Earth. Yo! Yeah. Holy shit! 1959, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Holy shit. Pretty cool, right? That is pretty cool. Bob, I was, we, I was talking to him about this category off the podcast. He was like, yeah, I am kind of want to do it, but I'm a little worried about what movies we'll get. What are your thoughts now? Oh, Pretty man. rad, right? That is pretty rad. I never read the book. I have, because uh, I'm kind of a nerd. <laughs> now, with that being said, uh, out of all Jules Verne's books, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is my favorite. I own, like, a couple different copies of it. I've read 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, but I've never read. One. It's so Sorry, good. But Journey to the Center of the Earth is a little bit different, um, but I think it's a lot of people's favorites, because it's, it's a lot of fun. Oh, man, I'm excited, but I'm also scared. And, I mean, right off the bat, we can talk about the fact that, if you didn't get from that, this is a book, originally. Yeah. Um, It's based on a Jules Verne novel of the same name. And that was released in, you know, I know off the top of my head, but like, I don't know. If it's I'm old. Do you know? No. You want to take a guess? It's old, but it's not that old, is it? It's not that old. Movie came out in 1959. Oh, 1932. Way off. Really? Yeah. Oh, it was like 1870? Yeah, about. So the novel was first published in French in 1864. And then it was uh, reissued as a revised and expanded edition in 1867. Holy shit. He didn't speak English natively. And what's really cool about this book is, first of all, it was a part of like a pre-existing genre of like subterranean novels. That was kind of already a thing. But what's so like interesting about this book, and Jules Verne as a writer in particular, is he was really, really into science. And a lot of his uh, works are very well steeped in heavy research into like victorian science at the time that's cool that's why a lot of his books they don't hold up like amazingly well but they do hold up very decent for like science fiction and like futurism Hmm. uh even though they were written in the 1860s yeah (laughs) we're getting close to like what 200 years ago now close i mean not exactly it's but it's still like what 160 years yeah so um there's they're pretty well steeped in at least Victorian science, and that's really cool. But the other really, really cool thing about this work in particular is while it was a part of like this you know, subterranean genre already, it did pioneer one specific thing in the science fiction genre, and that is the idea of like a prehistoric time capsule. Oh, um, okay. Which was like a really big thing for the um, quote-unquote like time travel genre at large. And um, this idea of, like, okay, here's this unexplored world with a bunch of, like, ancient life forms in it would just go on to influence, like, a bunch of different authors. And, like, the two big examples that come to my mind uh, for both, like, author and their works that were inspired by Journey to the Center of the Earth are Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's The Lost World, which is really great. Love that book, too. I also read and own multiple copies of that. And um, Edgar Rice Burroughs' Pellucidor series. I Which, knew you were going to fucking bring that up. I like that one, too. And is again, see, The Lost World is kind of unique because it's not like an underground one. Mm-hmm. Pellucidor is 100% a ripoff of this one. Yep. But I do like Edgar Rice Burroughs. He wrote uh, Tarzan mm-hmm. on Princess of Mars series. But what's really cool about Pellucidor is that I have a giant poster, like a, yep. an actual movie poster from way back in the day that's about, I don't know, eight feet tall. It's really cool. You so. and I had a very, very long conversation about Edgar Rice Burroughs a while ago. I like him. I think we talked about Edgar Rice Burroughs for about three hours straight. Oh, yeah, he's really cool. I read him a lot as a kid growing up, like as a, a young mm-hmm. boy. 
younger boy. <laughs> a you young know. lad, if a you will. A young lad. Just because, like, that's that's what his books are. They're, like, science fiction adventure novels. Yep. Kind of cheaply written, but they're a lot of fun. But, yeah, this is a... Uh, this is this is gonna be fun. I'm I I vaguely know what this book is about, or even this movie. Like I have a general idea. Okay, so the general premise of Journey to the Center of the Earth is a bunch of people go to the center of the Earth via tunnels. Yeah, and then they explore, mm-hmm. and there's like prehistoric things down there. Yes, and in this movie, some of them are slurpasaurs. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> what the fuck did they use to make like what slurpersaurs are we gonna see? So in this the question film? here is what animals are they using to make these and what are they portraying? That's what I'm curious about. Now, one of the things to note about slurpersaurs that is really interesting is sometimes they're done up in makeup and all this other stuff too that make them look more like other animals. So it is gonna be a very interesting experience for Bob. Oh man, the guessing game of what the fuck is that is and, gonna be um, so fun. This is one of those things where the movies we're choosing for the Slurpasaur category are really, really famous for that, like, this isn't a subgenre, but for that film technique. Yeah. So if you just search the Slurpasaur term, you can definitely find photos from this movie, as well as all the other movies we're going to watch, you know, this season for this category. But if you're interested about the Slurpasaurs in this film and you just want to know right now, go Google Journey to the Center of the 1959, and they'll be, like, one of the first things that pop cool. up cool didn't they remake this yeah they made one with um is brendan frazier brendan frazier i don't know why it. i saw it was dwayne the rock johnson because the second one it's um mysterious island ah. which is another jules verne book well it's based on another jules verne okay. book okay i've it, seen that that has the rock because they couldn't get brendan frazier because he stopped acting mm. that one's in 2008 i've seen the brendan frazier remake then now i have seen this movie but i think i saw it when i was like 12 so it's been a long time I vaguely remember it. I don't even know if I finished it. Okay. Um, I'm very excited now. Yeah. It should be a lot of fun. I'm like, I was nervous coming in, but now I'm really excited. No, I think this will be a fun category overall. It's kind of like a little relaxer for us after like 90 episodes of other things. Yeah. Well, I was telling Ben this, and this is what really sucks about this category is like, this is the only time I get to watch horror movies now <laughs> is on the podcast sad. because I'm banned from watching horror movies otherwise that we haven't already seen. And now format. I have to wait another week. Yeah. Cause we, oh, but it, it. it'll be fun. It'll be fun, but I want to see some fucked up shit, Benjamin. Well, you might see some fucked up shit. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't remember if there's animal cruelty in this one, but oh, we'll find fuck. out. Okay. Assumedly, there's a little bit. It's it's the level, you know? Yeah. It'll be no Friday the 13th, mm. where they straight up kill something. Uh, okay. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, that is very much possible. Anyways, description. How many licks does it take to get to the center? <laughs> it's so dumb. It is very dumb. It's so dumb, but also I fucking hate that owl. A one, a two, a uh, three. It's actually, it's the turtle and then the owl. I don't care. Okay. I hate the fucking owl. All right, length. Two hours, nine minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look, I like long movies. That's very funny because we're recording at, like, 8 o'clock. It's already late. We've already been, like, recording all day, basically. Oh, yeah. It's been, like, six hours. Yeah. Damn uh, it. Rating. Oh, cool. Approved. <laughs> oh, good. It's one of those movies. <laughs> it is one of those awesome. movies. I guess it's technically for the MPAA, right? Yeah, it has to be. 
If it has an approved rating, <laughs> it fucking better be. Review score, IMDb gave it a 7.0 out of 10. That's like really high for an old film like this. Oh, yeah. Tomato meter, 84%. Oh, I'm so excited. And the audience score is a little bit lower at 69%. That doesn't matter. But that's basically a 70. And that, a sev- what, a 6. Not, uh, 69 and an 84, kind of even, even out yeah. to a 70. Hold on. Nice. Yeah. Continue. For awards, it does have zero wins, but it has four nominations, and three of those were for Oscars. Whoa! Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm so excited. Notable actors, we have uh, Pat Boone as Alec McEwen. Uh, he played Wayne Frake in State Fair, 1962. James Mason as Sir Oliver S. Lindenbrook. He played Professor Humbert Humbert. <laughs> Don't start laughing yet. It was, he was in a movie known as Lolita. Do you know about that film? No. I don't know how that movie got made. Okay. And it's to the point where I believe that was the ad campaign. Like, I think I, I if you look at, like, the poster for that movie, the original one, it got remade, too. But for the 1962 movie, I think their, like, tagline is, how did this movie get made? Why? Well, the premise is a middle-aged professor. Okay. Falls in love with a 14-year-old girl. Oh! <laughs> oh! Whoa! Yeah. Ah! Yeah. Look, I mean, it was 1960-something. It got remade in the 90s. That's not okay. <laughs> no. It's apparently a famous book. I think it's Russian. I I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I was just like, whoa, oh! <laughs> oh, my That's God. something. <laughs> That's very concerning. I was laughing at Humbert Humbert. I know. <laughs> but I'm, that's pre- funny. I'm pretty sure he's the groomer. Oh my god. Aside from that, this guy also played, and I think this is very interesting, Captain Nemo in Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. The oh. like original Disney version in nineteen fifty four. Which is super cool because he did that and because that film did well. They did uh, more, Ju- more Jules Verne. Yeah, actually, in fact, they did 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That was Disney. Mm-hmm. And then someone else, I, I don't know who did it. It might have been Disney again, did Around the World in 80 Days. And both of those movies cost a lot of money. I think that was, I think you're right. I think that was I Disney. I think it was Disney as well. But both those films cost a lot of money. And because those movies both returned their investment really well, this film was able to get made. That's cool. And when they made this, they got Captain Nemo. Whoa, 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 whoa. Disney made this? No, Disney did not. Oh, okay. Someone else made this. I but thought you were telling me this was a Disney movie. No, it's not. Okay. We have yet to watch a Disney movie on this podcast. That would be, if we... We have not popped the Disney cherry yet. The only thing I could think of is maybe we watch Halloween Town. Halloween Town. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or is I guess, Pocus Disney? Mm-hmm. They own it now. And I think they technically own Nightmare Before Christmas as well, right? I don't like that movie. I think they bought it. You're a bad person. I just don't... Uh, it's great. Well, I, that was my go-to both between the times of Halloween and Christmas. Okay, okay, okay. Let me explain. Let me, let me put it this way. And I'm not going to explain myself on the podcast. I will explain it. Choose um, your words carefully because I'm sure plenty of people who this like mo- this. That movie got ruined like that by something else that happened around it. But I'll tell you off the podcast. All right. But something happened to me and it that, ruined that, means that it's film. embarrassing for Bob. Not embarrassing, just sad. Uh, uh, <laughs> and I right. don't want to talk about it on the podcast. <laughs> that means Bob might cry. <laughs> no. The oh. only thing that'll make me cry is maybe if a picture of Bub appeared right now. <laughs> Very tempted. 
That's funny. Um, Arlene Dahl as Carla Gottberg. Gottberg? I think it's Gottberg. She played Madeline in Reign of Terror. Diane Baker as Jenny Lindenbrook. Uh, she played Senator Ruth Martin in The Silence of the Lambs. Oh, I haven't seen that. Thayer David as Count Sacknussen. These names. So they're foreign. I think yeah. they're Icelandic, hmm. if I'm being correct. Uh, he played Jurgens in Rocky. It's a boxing movie. No, I, I know what Rocky is. Okay, you were giving me a look like you didn't know what Rocky was. No, I was. mean, I, I've, I've vaguely seen Rocky. Okay. I've not sat down and watched Rocky in my adult life. But my dad watched it when I was a kid, and I vaguely remember that film. That's fair. I was trying to think of figure out who that was. Jurgens. Yeah, I don't know who that is. But, I mean, it makes sense. That movie is 1976, so it's not that long. Damn, I didn't this. actually know it was that. Huh. Let's uh, watch Rocky. That is not a horror movie. <laughs> uh, Peter Ronson as Hans Belker. He really wasn't anything. He wasn't really in anything else. Okay. Robert Adler as Groom. Uh, he played Ross Harper. And Bandolero, he's an old, like, Western actor. Oh, okay. Cool dude. And then finally, Alan Napier as Dean. Who is that? I know that name. Yeah. You should figure it out. We literally talked about him today off the podcast. Oh, God. Think this is an old movie, so he has to be on something old. Oh, my God. Is it? Is this guy Alfred? Yes. He's in this? He's Alfred Pennyworth oh. in the original Batman series. He's also, very famously for this podcast, Dr. Scott in The Uninvited. One of the best parts of that movie. Yep. He almost won, I think, best, what, minor actor? Supporting yeah, actor. Man. He's really good in that film. We, I, He didn't almost win it. He almost got nominated for it mm-hmm. uh, for when we did the Halloween Horror Awards, which I think that's coming out soon, guys. I think we announced it at this yeah, point. Yeah. I think – let me look at my calendar. I think that's so we're not out, like, liars. We announced it. We announced it last week. We announced it, but I mean, like, might as well tell them. Let's see. This – I know it's not out yet. Uh, it's coming out on next Tuesday. Okay. 30, it's coming out on Halloween. Well, so I look forward to that. He almost came out for one of those categories. He didn't make it, but no. he got close. He got really close. We were very much debating it. Yeah, so those are all, like, kind of the noteworthy characters for, like, actors. Um, directors, Henry Levin. He also directed April Love. Uh, writers are Walter Reich. He wrote Gaslight. <laughs> and Charles Brackett, who wrote Sunset Boulevard. They both actually worked on Titanic. They wrote that. Oh, The original cool. Titanic, not the new one. Yeah. The budget was estimated. Do you want to guess? Oh. Now, keep in mind, this is a long time ago. Like, a long time ago. So, don't overshoot. Okay. What was the year? 1959. 59? Yeah. I'm really trying to think. Because... I don't remember how much the other films from around this era were making or not were getting. A lot. It not wasn't a lot. lot. But all but this is a bigger production, probably. Yeah, but it's it's still not a lot of money. Two two hundred thousand dollars. Okay, that was way undershooting. Oh. But I mean you were in the right ballpark if this was a normal feature. This one cost three point four four million. Oh my god. Yeah. Holy shit. That was the estimated budget. However, the box office turnout, from what I could find, was about $10 million. So not bad. That is really good. Yeah. I mean, that's over two times. But, you know, in 1959, mm-hmm. when we're talking millions of dollars. That's a lot of money. That is a lot, a lot of money. Because back then, being a millionaire meant something. Especially for, like, a science fiction picture. Yeah. You know? Obviously, country of origin, United States. Uh, tagline, a fabulous world below the world. It's not bad. Kind of rad. It's, like kind of, it. it's kind of rad. It's got that, like, 
50s, 60s I science know. fiction tone to it that oh, I really like. I love it. Yeah. Wish we could cover more stuff from that era. We can. We can do it, but, you know. You just got to come up with more ridiculously named categories. Woo! This film uh, it was a co-production between 20th Century Fox. Okay. So if you're wondering who did it. And Joseph M. Schenk, um, who was instrumental in helping establish Fox in 1935. Oh, okay. And then as far as, like, where things were filmed, some of the underground sequences for uh, the movie were filmed at the Carlsbad Caverns National Park. Um, other shooting locations include the Amboy Crater in Sequit Point, California, as well as uh, locations in Edinburgh, Scotland. Cool. So this wasn't shot on a stage. This was actually like... A lot of the stuff is on location. I'm pretty sure some of the stuff is on stage. Well, yeah. Some of it they probably had to. But they needed some stuff on location. And I believe a lot of it was shot in the warmer months. I forget exactly what, but I remember reading some stuff about it being warmer. That's actually really exciting. I was kind of half expecting it to be almost entirely shot. On, like, a soundstage with sets and stuff. I mean, I'm sure there'll be tons of stuff that is. Sure. But the fact that it was notable enough to name locations like that is really exciting. Because especially for a science fiction feature, it'll be really cool seeing what they do with the natural world, I guess. And especially doing Slurposaur stuff, too. Like Slurposaur. Oh, this is cool. Do you have any guesses for what no, might I mean, be portrayed? Well, since I've seen, like, the the remake... Yeah. Dinosaurs. Right. But what the fuck are they going to turn into a dinosaur? That is the question. Giraffes. Dinosaur is a good guess, though. Especially because what's the name of this trope? Slurposaur. And what's the back end of Slurposaur sound like? Dinosaur. Yeah. Well, giraffes. Sore. I'm calling giraffes. You think giraffes are going to be yeah. what? What animal? Uh, Like a, what is it, brontosaurus? Brontosaurus. Sure. It, to to quote um, Land Before Time, a long neck? <laughs> yes. All right. Ooh. Or just big lizards. Just big lizards? Big Like a Komodo dragon? They could totally do that. Oh, you think they'll get a Komodo dragon? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. No, like, these are all good guesses. Chickens, maybe? I don't know. Chickens kind of look like dinosaurs. They do, but remember the whole, like, dinosaurs with feathers wasn't until, like, well, it happened, I think, in the 70s, 80s, but it wasn't big until, like, this the, be whack. the 90s and stuff. But, um, okay, so your, your first guess is giraffes. giraffes. Second guess is Komodo dragon. Yeah. Do you know what animal you think the Komodo dragon would play? Uh, just any a big lizard. Just just big lizard? <laughs> big lizard. You know what? That's a good guess. Who knows if they care? And then chicken as, uh, what, velociraptor? Is I that, guess. Is I don't that know. Is that going to be a guess? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. On that note, though, we're going to go into the movie. Fuck. We'll be back in two hours. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you guys in a minute. Hi everybody, welcome back. We just finished watching Journey to the Center of the Earth. I think, yeah, I was right. The 1959 one. Yeah. Yeah, you 1959. I do have to specify. I forgot that there were multiple. And also remakes and whatnot. Okay. Before we start, I need to say two things. Yeah. First of all, definitely not a horror movie. No. There was... Now, I will say... <laughs> Bob did scream at one point. <laughs> And he was very tense at others. So take that with whatever great assault you must. But it's it's definitely not a horror movie. But there is, like, tense moments. Yeah. And I can tell, like, especially if you were a younger audience member back in the day. Oh, yeah. That maybe this would be a little, like, nerve-rattling, it seems. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not supposed to be scary. No. 
there's just this one moment where somebody <laughs> appears and it scared the bejesus out of me. I don't know. It's one of those classic like it's a adventure film and yeah. it's like a family film. But there is like tense scenes and monsters and stuff like that. So like I can get how this would be a little horrifying back mm-hmm. in the day. With that being said, it was a lot of fun. Oh, this movie's this I movie is straight up fun. So much fun. Like I'm kind of sad we didn't get to watch a horror movie this week. Yeah. Um Slurper Source were cool. Let's start with that. Yeah, but they also, were cool. I had a lot of fun. We were just flat out just bursting with laughter the whole movie. It's, it's, most of the outtakes are probably going to be us making a joke about something on screen then laughing our asses off. Which is kind of shocking because most of this movie, nothing's happening. No. It's just like little character stuff. This and movie is the epitome of us going, it's a nothing movie, but it's entertaining. It's a fun movie if you have the right people with you. I think this would be kind of boring. You didn't have yeah. the right people. Oh, my God. You know who'd hate this movie? Who? Ashley. Oh, yeah. She would go, oh, it's so boring. I'd be like, Ashley, I'm having a blast right now. I mean, I, I think anyone who doesn't like slow movies. Yeah. I mean, it is long. It's like two hours. Yeah. <laughs> At the end, Bob was like, how long is this? Three hours? <laughs> With that being said, I can give a brief description here. Sure. Um, uh, And I'll keep it kind of brief because, again... Nothing really too major happens, and again, I think it's because they had $3 million, right? Yeah. But this definitely needed a higher budget than mm-hmm. they had, which sounds insane, but it's that's really all I can say. It's a very expensive concept, mm-hmm. and it's also a long story. Like, I, I didn't feel like anything was too rushed except the ending. Yeah. Like, the stuff I wanted to see, but, like, the vast majority of the movie felt earned. Mm-hmm. Which sounds weird, because I'll get to it in a second. But basically, this movie starts in Edinburgh. No, Edinburgh. I keep saying Edinburgh. No, it's Edinburgh. It, no, it's Edinburgh. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Everyone calls it Edinburgh, the entire movie. Is it movie. just Edinburgh? Yes. Oh, well. You do, you do not know how that's how it's spelled? No, it's spelled Edinburgh. Yeah, but that's how, that's how it's spelled. I guess spelled. it's spelled Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Oh. They're in Edinburgh, Scotland. And um, Alec, he's this dude, brings this rock to the professor. Um, is it Lindenburg? Lindenbrook. Lindenbrook. Um, and he's like, look, I found this lava rock, but it's heavy. And the professor is like, wow, I'm going to explode it. Then he does. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he very specifically tells his assistant, hey, pour this in slowly so it doesn't explode. Assistant gets distracted, pours the whole container in one go. And um, long story short, they explode the rock and inside of it. They find what is essentially like a counterweight. Yeah. And, um, you know, in this counterweight that somehow survived a volcano, someone has ridden on it in paint. Blood. But they say maybe blood. Assumedly blood. Which survived a volcano. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, an elaborate message on this tiny thing about the size of your palm. And um, long story short, Alec and the professor follow this message to Iceland to basically use this passage an explorer before them I uh, used to get to the center of the earth. Their mm-hmm. idea being discovery along the way. They pick up three extra companions. There's um, Madam Gottlieb. Nope. What is it? It's, it's got, go, got, I don't, it's, it's Iceland, not Icelandic. It's Swedish and I can't pronounce it. Goatsborg, goat, Gottberg. Yep, that one. Uh, Madam Gottberg. Hans. Yep. Who's Icelandic. And he can't speak any English. And then the best character in this whole goddamn film. Gertrude. 
Now, you may be wondering, who is Gertrude? She's a duck. She's a duck. She's I the best goddamn duck ever. The duck is so entertaining. It's such a weird thing, because like, normally in a movie like this, you expect the side animal character to be really annoying. No. But they don't force it on you, and it's just so casually there. It's hilarious They're and just- great trekking through these treacherous <laughs> tunnels no one, and there's just a goddamn duck no one no one recognizes the absurdity of it no nope. hans just shows up to the expedition and he's like here's hans and gertrude <laughs> and everyone's like all right the funniest part is they est- the way they establish gertrude's existence is through a very <laughs> elaborate bit very early on in the film because you know what hans is hans is just a farmer Hans uh, is just a Swedish farm or an Icelandic farmer that they picked up. Yeah, he's a well, he might be hired help, but the building they find him in is like a place for feathers. Like he's yeah. like a duck farmer. Mm-hmm. Gertrude seems to be his pet, but he he assumedly farms and then slaughters. And that they same just species of rope duck. him into this expedition and yep. take him with him. And he's like so helpful. He's so useful. <laughs> in fact, at the end of the film, he's like, "If you ever go back down, I'll come I'll with. I'll come with." It's awesome. But, you know, long story short, the five of them head down into this tunnel. Um, it's in the in an active volcano. Mm-hmm. And the vast majority of this movie, I'll just tell you right now, like the vast majority, it's a two-hour and nine-minute film. Maybe the first 30 minutes are like the setup. Yep. And then the back hour, like the next hour, is them just walking mm-hmm. down into this tunnel system. And that sounds really boring, but like, well, nothing really happens besides walking. And, like, stumbling down these cave passages. It's a lot of fun because it's really just characterization moments Mm -hmm. until they eventually get down into the actual center of the earth for the last, I'd say, 30 minutes. Yeah. And the last 30 minutes, I want to say right now, are really, really cool. I think they're definitely worth the whole film. Oh, they're super dope. It's just sad that they're so short, but I can Mm -hmm. totally tell that's because they were the most expensive. They had to be. They had to have the most elaborate sets, backdrops, stuff like that. That's also Mm -hmm. where our celebrity stores are. Yeah. For the most part. So, on that note, though, I guess we're going to talk about the film. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have spoilers throughout here. So, just like heads up if you're worried about spoilers. I know maybe you don't really care because this isn't a horror movie and that's fine. It's also old. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. I will say, if you've seen like Journey to the Center of the Earth, like the more recent movies or any like of that content, you are probably a little familiar with the story because it mm-hmm. follows, you know, the beats of the book. Yeah. Hell, even the new movie has a bird character in it. Didn't know that. It's a little glow-in-the-dark bird. Oh. I wonder if that's a cameo. I've seen it, but I don't remember that. So, like, a reference to this film? Maybe. I haven't thought about that. Anyways, uh, I'm not sure, like, how much I want to talk about in the whole film. Mm-hmm. Because I think overall it's pretty good. I do have two points I wrote down that I do want to go over. Sure. So, I say I go over those, and then, like, if you have anything else you want to talk about that I don't cover in those two points, maybe we move on. Sure. Because, again... Not a horror movie. Not a lot of our usual stick to, like, analyze, right? Yeah. And, like, here's my thing. I'm used to watching a horror horror movie every week, but this was a really nice change of pace. Like, I had a really, really good time watching something that wasn't supposed to be scary. Kind of relaxing, you know? Yeah. Now, before I get into my two points, uh, really quick, I do want to mention, though, that, like, the sets and the costuming in this movie, really great. So cool. They also made a, a a really good effort to have like some antiquated dialogue and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just all around, 
a lot of effort was put in. I just wanted yeah. to mention that first and foremost. Especially at the beginning of the movie when they're not doing any of the exploring and they're just like in society. Yeah. Doing, you know, normal stuff. In fact, a lot of this kind of reminds me of old like musicals. Kind you of see, like musical movies. Oh, uh, we haven't even gotten in part to because that. there is a a shocking amount of singing in this. There is a lot of singing. It's in this not movie. like a musical, but there is an amount that like you can tell this is a family movie from like the fifties. Yeah, like, but it's done well. I don't know, if and enjoyable. Two or three songs, but they're all natural. Yeah, so makes sense. They're not like they're not like when you watch a musical and you go, "Why are you singing right now?" No, it's just a character like jokingly serenading another or like yeah playing music because they're bored. But to move on to my two points, the first one I want to address is the Slurposaurs in this film, because that's kind of like the big thing here. Yeah. So I got a, a list of all of them, and we can talk about them really quick. Okay. There is, in fact, three Slurposaurs in this film. So I'm going to start with, like, kind of like, I think the first one everyone should know, and then move on from there to, like, second and third, right? So the first and probably most famous Slurposaur in this entire film are the optically enlarged lizards. Yep. They are very specifically rhinoceros iguanas, from what I could find. Oh, okay. That have had fins glued onto their back. That's okay. I thought so. I and are used to play Dimetrodons. Now, Bob just said he thought so, but there is very distinctly a clip I marked, and we'll see if Bob's a coward, where Bob goes, I can't tell if they glued those fins on. Do iguanas have sails? <laughs> Well, I, I kept so, asking you, and you wouldn't answer me. I know, but I thought it was very funny that you were like, what does an iguana look like? Does it have a big sail on its back? Um, but yeah, so they took some iguanas, and they glued, um, from what I could tell, assumedly it was a, um, I don't know, like a, a felt piece that wrapped around their back mm -hmm. with a sail on it, and they glued that to their backs, which, I, already dipping into some slight animal cruelty here, don't glue things to animals. To live animals. Yeah. Kind of fucked up. Especially because it's this huge sail on their back. With that being said, the one good thing I want to say about these, like this specific Slurposaur, is that a lot of the times, the issue with Slurposaurs is, first of all, it's done for like cheap reasons. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like you take like this animal, like a lizard or something, and you have it play a dinosaur. A lot of times, that lizard does not look like the dinosaur you're trying to get it to play, yeah. even with all this shit glued onto it. Mm-hmm. But in this one scenario, at least antiquated like pictures of a Dimetrodon kind of look like an iguana with a sail on its back. Uh, have you ever seen a picture? Nope. So they're, uh, from my understanding, I think they're like proto-dinosaurs. But I'm going to show Bob a picture really quick, so I'm going to step away from my mic. But uh, they don't look exactly like that, but it's kind of similar. Like similar enough where this is one of the few examples of Slurposaurs that I look at and I kind of go, kind of looks like it like it's kind of passable oh okay yeah i could buy it yeah i could see it's that definitely something you could buy and um so i i do want to say straight off the bat besides that probably being the most famous slurposaur in this film because there's a bunch of them yeah there are like a lot at one point and they're really cool because like they definitely slowed some of the footage down but they also have these really cheesy like roaring sound effects and stuff like that yeah um but they kind of look like the thing they're trying to portray, and mm -hmm. I think that's definitely a plus. With that being said, there is one dark side to these specific uh, Slurposaurs, besides, you know, uh, the whole gluing fins to their back. Yeah, which right? probably was not good for them. Very specifically, at one scene, 
Uh, I think it's very specifically Hans throws what are essentially spears. They're gaffs, but mm-hmm. at one of the iguanas. So the, um, the Metrodon. And the spears stab into it, and the creature dies. In this scene, I just wanted to note two things. A, I'm not sure if they accident, like they actually stabbed a creature. I don't think so, because it's fake blood. It is fake blood, but that does not mean they didn't necessarily insert like. I'm just saying it looks like they might have just taken like sticks and glued them to the side to look like shafts. Yeah, it could be either or, but it could also be like it wasn't bleeding enough. Yeah, and they put fake blood on it. The one that goes there, they Hans throws two things at it. One goes into the shoulder, and one goes into the mouth. And the one that goes into the mouth looks fake. Yeah, but the one that goes into the shoulder doesn't. Mm-hmm. They could be glued on though. And there is some fake blood. But the issue I want to mention, and I think it's kind of up in the air, is there is a scene where that iguana dies. Mm -hmm. And then the other iguana start eating it. And I do want to mention that it does look like a real iguana. Yeah. In the dead iguana scene. And from what I can tell, they don't, like, kill the iguana on screen. No. But it does look like a real dead iguana, so I'm not Mm -hmm. sure if, like, one of the iguanas was killed. Or if any of these iguanas they glued fins to. Or if they just survived. Got a dead iguana somehow. I mean, you can just get them at the pet store and stuff. Yeah. Animals die at a pet store all the time. But I, I just wanted to mention that because, like, you know, the gluing stuff onto them is not great. But also, I don't know what happened to them after these scenes were filmed. No, I don't or know Or, like, either. where they got this dead iguana because I'm pretty sure it's a dead iguana. Or, like, how well they were treated on set. Uh, I, I should mention that. Um, with that being said, they do look really good in this film for a Slurposaur because Slurposaurs yeah. don't look Right. They're not great. Normally. No. I, I will mention, these are definitely way bigger than a real Dimetrodon's supposed to be. No, they're fucking... Because they're huge. They're huge, and they do a ton of perspective work to make them, like, They terrifying. could eat a man in one um, bite. They could. Now, the second uh, Slurposaur, and it's definitely, I think, the less famous one from this movie, although there is a really good still you'll see with the Slurposaur, is this giant lizard that you later see in the ruins of... What the film calls Atlantis. <laughs> yeah. Because when it <laughs> sunk below the sea, it, it went somehow... right to the middle. <laughs> it went right to the middle of the earth. But yeah, there's this giant, like, lizard down there. And it starts off like a normal color, and then it turns, like, bright, red. glowing red. And um, generally speaking, it's not clear what it's supposed to be. I don't know. However, if you look on Wikipedia, it lists it as a giant chameleon. <laughs> Do I think that's right? I don't know, but it does change color. It does change color. It's and fair. it very specifically can shoot its tongue out and wrap it around stuff. Oh, like a chameleon Like does. a chameleon. Okay. Um, with that being said, this giant lizard is played by a tegu. Do you know what a tegu is? No. Um, they're, they're really big, kind of smart lizards. They're like the lizard equivalent of a velociraptor. They're kind of cute, though. Here, I'll, I'll show you a picture of a tegu. Oh, they're... Oh, that's a lot bigger than I thought it was. They get big, but uh, people keep them as pets. But yeah, it's a it's a tegu, and you know, starting off right with the uh, whole animal cruelty thing, they paint it red. Yeah. They cover it in red paint, which is fucked up. But yeah, especially because it might have been like lead paint and stuff. I was about to say this is fifty nine. That probably that yeah. was probably not non toxic. I I that that lizard might have died. Which to get into a second thing, there's a scene where it gets covered with lava, and they definitely covered that. That lizard was something that was red and steamy. Yeah. And it covered its whole body. And, yeah, I don't know what happened to it. but it, They also dropped a rock on it. They also dropped a rock on it. It, it wasn't great for that lizard. 
yeah, <laughs> that's all I can say there. It's it's an interesting scene with the lizard. They do a lot of good force perception stuff. Yeah, the use of the lizards as monsters is cool. Yeah, I, the animal cruelty sucks ass. Yeah, I, that's that's kind of like the hard thing with this category because it's like, okay, this is like a really cheap way to achieve mm-hmm. like monster. And to be honest, I'm actually more forgiving of this second one where it's just generic dragon lizard thing. Yeah, that turns red. Uh, more so than I am with the Dimetrodon, because, like, one's a real animal, mm-hmm. and then this one's just monster lizard. So I'm more forgiving of this one, and I can view it as just, like, oh, this is an interesting film technique. Because it is. It's kind of cheesy, but it's it's interesting. It's cool. However, the animal cruelty's hard. Yeah. And especially going into this film and being like, wow. I, I, this is, like, I've done some research. Well, I, I've, done, I've done research in all these films, right? And when I was doing research on this one, I wasn't necessarily expecting the animal cruelty in this one. Yeah. Like, I kind of knew to expect it in all these films, but I didn't really find anything going mm-hmm. in, like, research-wise Yeah, on it being in this one, so I was kind of surprised seeing it. I wasn't shocked, but I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Um, and so that is kind of unpleasant, even though I think the effects were done pretty pretty well. Yeah, there was nothing, like... Inherently, the use of a Slurpasaur is going to be goofy and a little bit ridiculous because of what you're doing. But I think... This one was very passable. It was very passable. In fact, with the Tegu, at least, some of those scenes are actually quite cool mm-hmm. and really well done. I think, again, because they didn't try to portray it as an actual creature. Yeah. We'll see on later on how that changes mm. and how that maybe affects um, some stuff. With that being said, there is a third Slurpasaur in this film. And to be honest, it might be probably the best Slurpasaur of the whole film. Okay. See, technically, Gertrude is a Slurpasaur. Okay. Which is very funny because, Bob, Bob, what did you say like 40 minutes into this movie? I made a joke about that. <laughs> Bob was like, what if Gertrude's the Slurpasaur? Yeah. So technically, she is also a Slurpasaur. And I think this is a good example of the fact that like this technique is one of those things where it's, you know, an animal playing another animal. Mm-hmm. And so while there's these really, really obvious versions of this technique used in film, like, you know, these big monsters and stuff, or like a dinosaur being played by a koala with a frill glued on its back, um, there's more subtle ones. So in the movie, Gertrude is supposed to be a common, I believe it's an eider duck. Mm-hmm. They, they mention it in the film. And... Instead, she's being played by a white domestic duck that hmm. they've done up in makeup. Oh. And the reason for this is simply because the trainer uh, couldn't get an eider duck through customs in time for the film, which I think is very <laughs> funny. But, you know, it goes to show that this technique, well, it's like this okay. big thing sometimes, is also just like a very small thing. Mm-hmm. Now, this is more of a, a nitpicky one, but I it, thought it's funny. I thought that was funny. No, it is funny. Well, especially because we're doing a category based on it, and the other ones are so obvious. When you you kept saying three of them, I went, "What the <laughs> fuck is the third one?" You kept giving me a look. Yeah, it's um, it's Gertrude, and you can tell she's painted up and everything, so it does make sense. I mean, I honestly I didn't notice. I mean, she's got this big spot on her eye that slowly kind of disappears, and sometimes she has like a different colored plumage on the bottom. Like you can kind of generally tell, but it is kind of like a dye, so it yeah. it does look um not bad. But yeah, those are the Slurper Swords in this film, as far as I'm aware. And, you know, overall, I think they're okay. Um, the only other thing I want to mention is one of the stunts in this film. Oh. And I think it's probably one of the coolest stunts in this movie. 
there is a couple of water stunts in the film, but those are cool. The most impressive one is there's a whirlpool in the middle mm-hmm. of this underwater ocean in the movie, and it's all parts of it are practical effects, and then parts of it are minis that they put into a whirlpool. Yeah, very specifically because they're all like on a boat. Yeah. Um, but the thing I want to mention about the sequence is that Arlene Dahl, so it's the woman who plays Carla Gothberg, mm-hmm. actually fell unconscious after filming this scene. Oh, my God. And it took, like, 30 minutes to revive her. What happened? I mean, I, I literally grabbed a quote by uh, Boone. If you want, I can read it. Sure. The guy who plays um, Alec McEwen. It's kind of long, but do you want me to? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. James Mason, Arlene Dahl, Peter Ronson, and I were on a raft caught in a giant whirlpool. It was a tricky thing to shoot. The raft was on a revolving platform that tilted when it went around. It had looked like we were being tossed violently. Hundreds of gallons of water were being dumped on us to simulate a stormy sea. The noise was deafening, but not enough to drown out Dahl, who started screaming as she held on for dear life. She screamed at the director, Henry Levin, Get me off this thing. Get me down. I'm going to pass out. She kept yelling. Mason had little patience for it. He thought Dahl had already overplayed the role of a dainty creature when we had to wear very heavy parkas, fading winter amid very hot July weather for another scene. Uh, Dahl complained then of heat frustration. Uh, Mason was not amused as this time he yelled back at her, Shut up, woman. We're going to have to do this ten times if you don't keep quiet. We're going to have to dub the dialogue anyways, and they got the shot. And apparently she did pass out. Oh, my God. That sucks. So, I mean, assumedly it was a combination of, I would guess, dizziness and nausea Mm -hmm. from being spun. Yeah, As well as, like, getting tons of water dumped in your face. Yeah. Cool scene. Cool scene. Yeah. This movie's full of cool shit like that. Yeah. That's, That's the big thing about this film, and that's, like, my biggest takeaway, is... It's everything you want from a like fifties science adventure film. Yeah, Forget. packed into For like one a movie. Family, yeah, yeah. It's like incredibly cool in like so many interesting scenes, tons of cool sets. My biggest thing is, you would think that them walking through a cave for like an hour and a half is boring, and I definitely can see how it could be boring. But. What they do is they switch up the types of environments they're exploring throughout the cave system. And some of them are pretty. And some of them are pretty. And a lot of them are really interesting and very unexpected. They have some painted backdrops that are really cool. Yeah. And, like, they do tons of things throughout it to keep it fresh. Where it's like something happens that you don't expect and then they're trying to problem solve. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, I didn't expect this. Like, I don't know. I, I had a much better time than I expected. And it, the movie wasn't at all what I expected. I expected him to get to the center of the earth and explore that much earlier. Me too. I, I honestly, I think I've seen a little bit of the beginning of this movie a long time ago. And watching it, I was like, I don't remember this. But yeah, th- I was so shocked when we got like, I don't know, an hour and a half in. And yeah. we were like, wow, we're still on this tunnel. Yep. Still exploring caves. Um, but I don't hate it. I think my my real issue with this film is, again, while this underground sequence i think is about the right length it can mm-hmm. feel a little long i do get that i could get cutting it down to be shorter yeah especially for a modern audience that wants like a faster film but i don't think it's necessarily overplayed because they're supposed to be down there for like a year yeah it's a long ass time and it you definitely feel that translated mm-hmm. but 
I think the thing I wanted more of was just the scenes in the actual center of the earth. Yeah. They're all really cool. There's cool creatures, even though we only see two. Mm-hmm. And they're Slurposaurus. I would love to have seen more. But I would have loved to seen more. But, you know, aside from that, I thought it was pretty good. And there's a yeah. nice little ending sequence that is dramatic, and then they end on a high and funny note. Oh, God. There are some funny jokes at the very end of this God, film. the end of this movie is fucking hysterical. <laughs> but on that note, yeah, I don't I don't think I have anything really I want to say about this. Yeah, I, th- I think the last thing I want to mention is... Gertrude's the real G. Ger- Gertrude is the real G. She, she basically led the whole expedition. And it's hilarious. There are so many shots of this movie where it's just fo- four people following a duck. And it's like, what is going on right now? <laughs> and none of them question it. No. None of them are like, oh, we probably shouldn't follow this duck. The duck is leading the way. Yep. It's awesome. The last thing I want to mention is like, we mentioned it at the start, but like the beginning of this movie is all set up. And you kind of, at least for me, I was like, uh, at least at the beginning, I was skeptical. Even the setup is entertaining and fun and, and good. Yeah. And that's like the best part is at every single turn, this movie is entertaining. There is no point where I went, oh, this is boring. I, I mean, I think a good example of like, hey, the setup being pretty decent is there was a couple characters in the in the setup that Bob was like, wait, are they not coming with us? Yeah, I thought they were going to go in, uh, down into the center of the earth too. Because he just liked them, and we'd only seen them for like 10 minutes. Yeah, I was like, damn, they're not coming? Okay, I guess they're it's, not coming. At least we got Gertrude. Yeah, we got Gertrude. And Hans. And Hans. God, Hans, Hans is a trooper. Hans is the most useful person there. None of the four people who... Well, the professor and Alec only spoke English. Yeah. And um, Gottberg mm-hmm. spoke Icelandic. Yeah. But Hans only spoke Icelandic. And no one tried to talk to him except Gottberg. Nope. Anytime they needed something said, they they would say it and try and mime it, and then Hans would just be like, "But he was still so nice okay. to them. He was so entertaining. He also has a gold tooth. Oh yeah, which I thought was ridiculous and fun. I just, I don't know. I was very very surprised by this film. Like I I had so much more of a good time than I expected. It's got the old film charm. With it feels like old Hollywood. It does. and it's got that goofiness of something like singing in the rain. Yeah, in some ways, it's it's just fun. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, um, highly recommend if you got someone who like enjoys old movies to watch with you, because mm-hmm. that's really like God, I think it's... what'll make this. Because it could definitely be boring by yourself. I will say. Yeah, just because it's long. Yeah, long with not a lot of actual stuff happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you want to do uh, recommendations though. Okay. Um, we just kind of recommended it, but if you're into older films like from the fifties and the sixties. This one's cool. It's really fun. Uh, the cool. I think something else we didn't really mention. It's in color, which yeah. I know we really harped on loving black and white when we watched haunted house films, but I, this film benefits from color. I love black and white, but certain films do benefit from color. And this Especially film definitely does. Like early, like Technicolor and stuff. Yeah. Uh, this wasn't Technicolor. It was the other thing. Um, uh, I know what it's called. It starts with a C, right? I think so. I'm th- I don't know. Basically, it's in it's in like earlier fifties color, you know. It's how it is. Like it's the really not washed out, but like saturated, saturated like. color. Um, but yeah, this film really benefits from it because of like all the, the wild environments. environments. Yeah. yeah, lots of cool stuff. So yeah, if you're into films from the er- that era, if you're into science fiction adventure films, this is like I said it earlier. Everything you want from something like that. It's got good characters that are entertaining and witty with each other in really entertaining ways and a lots of it's not hard science but it's it feels kind of like actual science a little bit 
I mean, it sounds like it feels like comic book science. But that's the best part. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. But like comic book science when it tries, you know? Yeah, it, it's just so entertaining and funny. I don't know if I, I guess if you're into Slurpasaurs as like a concept, yeah, a concept. This has some pretty it's a, solid Slurpasaurs. It's a good film to watch. I think if you find that concept interesting. I mean, that's why we're covering it. But like, I, I'm gonna start off with this. Wouldn't you definitely say this is a better watch than like Night of the Lepus for that technique? Yeah, for sure. Because in Night of the Lepus, you don't get as much like of the bunnies actually doing stuff, doing stuff, but like. The iguanas do stuff, and it's fucking <laughs> freaky sometimes, yeah. and it's cool. They really play them up in a way they don't necessarily in Night of the Lepus. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you're looking for a movie that you could totally watch like with a younger kid, yeah, this is like a kid's movie. Oh, weird almost. thing to say. It's a family movie is yeah. the way I would say, but you could definitely put this on with like a family like of mm-hmm. younger kids. They might not be super entertained by it because it can be kind of slow, but yeah. you know. It's fun. That's it. Those are my recommendations. All right. Um, I mean, I think I have exi- identical ones to Bob. Like, nice little family film, which feels weird recommending on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely not a horror film, though. So if you're no. looking for horror, I'm sorry. It's not that. But if you kind of want some old-fashioned, like, uh, science fiction, fantasy stuff, I think this is right up your alley. It's also, like, a Jules Verne adaptation. Yeah, for so sure. if you like him, go check it out for that reason. It's pretty, I'm not going to say it's great, but it's it's fun as an adaptation. That's my big thing. But again, my big recommendation is this is just a great example of that Slurpasaur technique. Not only because, A, we have one Slurpasaur that is kind of close to accurate. 100% not accurate, but kind of <laughs> close. We got one Slurpasaur that's just generic monster, mm-hmm. which I think is <laughs> cheap but valid. And then we got one that's like so subtle you technically aren't able to notice it. And so I think that's really, really nice to see. Now, I am going to add the caveat of, well, I have all those recommendations. My big thing here is, again, if you don't necessarily like animal cruelty, this is maybe one of those movies you have to watch out for. You know, if animal deaths make you sad. Because I, I they're so slight and maybe mm-hmm. didn't happen. Like, it's not a very obvious thing. Yeah, frame thing on screen where like I I don't know for sure, but I I do want to mention that I don't think it's I think it might be less bad than the the sequence in Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, it definitely is. Uh, but it is worth mentioning because it it sucks. Because you I mean because it kind of like it's like oh that was cool up until that happened. <laughs> yeah. On that note though, uh, I think we can just do our ratings. So hmm, I'm in a weird spot because like. I don't really have any problems with this movie. Yeah. It's definitely not a five. But it's not a five. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's not a five, but I don't have any problems with it. <laughs> in fact, I think it's not a five because it it just needed more time underground in the yeah, center of the I, earth. I think that's my only – might be my only problem. And I think you said it earlier. I just wish that the parts in the actual center were longer. We got to explore more. I feel like – for a movie called, I guess it is called Journey to the Center it of the Earth. It is technically Journey to the Center of the Earth. And most of the movie is the journey. But I don't know. For a two-hour film, you couldn't have given us an extra 15 in the middle. Also, I showed Bob like a picture of the poster. It has some of the Slurpasaurs on there. Yeah. Like, you see that and you go, oh, that's the movie I'm going to watch. And you don't get that all too much Also, if you end. look up like photos from this movie. It's probably all of the end. It's some Slurpasaurs and stuff. So, I, I'll give it a four. 
I like it. I think it's super fun. I really was entertained the entire time. I think that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. I, I'm going to say a four. I mean, overall, I think the acting's pretty decent. Yeah. I, it's it's not necessarily, like, the best acting ever, but it's old school. It's old school, but also, like, the performances are don't need to be nuanced because it's an action-adventure film. A cheesy family action-adventure film. So it doesn't have to feel like we're not getting crazy emotional range, but you're getting <laughs> yeah. everything you want, and it's entertaining and fun. And there's, there's bad jokes, but to be honest, I had so much feel like fun watching this film and all these shitty little jokes. Yep. Every shitty joke was hilarious. That I just I I can't say I had like any big issues with it. Yeah. I'm not super nitpicky about it. In fact, I think my only issues are just potentially some of the animal cruelty stuff with the slurposaur. I mean I uh, fair enough. But you know? I mean like I mean I gave myself pre warning and I gave Bob pre warning for that. And while I don't like to see it, at least I was prepared this time. Yeah. I always forget the things in Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And obviously this one isn't like super blatant. So maybe maybe it didn't happen. Yeah. I hope. We um, can hope. That being said, my main issue is, like Bob said, the lack of like at the center of the earth content. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that I need more scenes, but that I just wanted them to be longer. Because like the sequences at the center of the earth just feel like super truncated. In a way yeah. that just makes the end of this film feel really rushed. And while I think this is technically a journey to the center of the earth, and that's what this film is, I just want more of the cool, actual science fiction stuff. Yeah, man. If they'd explored Atlantis m- longer, I would have liked it more. Or just, like, like, the ocean or stuff like that. Or just done more stuff there. Yeah. So, um, because, like, I wanted that, and that's not what I got, even though I did get a journey downwards, and I had a lot of film in this film, I'm just going to give it a four. I think that's yeah. a pretty solid rating. No, yeah, it for sure. Did above and beyond what I thought it would do. Oh yeah, I was, I was so nervous coming into this. Like I was excited, but I was like, man, am I actually gonna have a good time? Especially because it's two hours and ten minutes. Yeah, and we have been recording. Set. What time did you get here? Two o'clock. Nah, you weren't here at exactly two, were you? No, I was here at exactly two. Were you? I don't remember. Roundabouts. I was like two o five, but still. And it's eleven thirty. So. Yep. We've been recording all day, and I expected to be bummed out by the end of this, no, but, but I'm not in a bad great. mood. <laughs> Thank you, Gertrude. <laughs> Thank you, Gertrude. And Diet Coke. <laughs> and Diet Coke. Not sponsored. <laughs> That's Bob's new monster energy drink. It is. I stopped drinking monster because of too much sugar. <laughs> so now I just drink Diet Coke. He the aspartame is going to take me. He left his job where he does any physical exercise for yep. a desk job. And now I don't. I can't have as much sugar. <laughs> Uh, on that note, though, I guess we're going to go to the outtakes. Oh, uh, yeah, there's a lot. We'll see which ones were good. I hope you include that clip where you're like, do iguanas have sails? No, bro. <laughs> Stop making me Don't embarrass be a coward on the podcast. <laughs> All right, we'll see you in a bit. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Journey to the Center of the Earth so far. I like this movie. I think it's super freaking fun. Ben and I had a blast watching it. But without further ado, let's get in to the outtakes. This first clip is our reaction to the fact that they do indeed sing during the movie. Oh, my God. Is this a fucking musical? It's not. I don't think. I think they're just singing for him because they're excited. (laughs) <laughs> I love this. 
This next clip is my reaction to how competent Hans actually is on this expedition. Jesus fucking Christ. Is he lowering himself down? Like, yeah, there's no one else up there. What can't Hans do? Speak English. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> this next clip is our reaction to Gertrude being completely immune to the environmental dangers of the cavern. Well, Gertrude can just swim. Right, she's having fun. <laughs> she's just drinking the water. Look at her. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's looking for food. Never experienced. Of all the animal companions to have in this harrowing situation, a duck is completely fine. Look at her; she's just swimming away. She's having a good time. Yeah. Well, vacation. This next clip is Ben and I being confused on how much of this film is just them exploring the caves. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised how much of this is just underground cavern exploring. N nothing has happened, and then. we're not like. I'm entertained, though. No, this is, I, nothing has happened. I'm having a great time. It's like a very slow movie. I can definitely see this being not your thing. No, but I'm having a blast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the fuck! The best part's this goddamn duck! This next clip is me getting the shit scared out of me by basically nothing. He's basically a baseball player. <laughs> ah! <laughs> fuck! <laughs> <laughs> that guy scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> God damn. This next clip is our reaction to the Slurposaur reveal in this film. Yo! Slurposaur. That's actually terrifying. What is that? Is that like a... <laughs> is that a Komodo dragon? <laughs> it's a Dimetrodon. God, what actual animal is that? <laughs> Can you not tell? Is it just an iguana? <laughs> yeah. <gasps> he has a giant ass fin on his back. I know. How do you think that got there? They're just going to go swimming? They're going to swim away from He's the a man eater. <laughs> Honestly, good use of an iguana. Here's the clip that Ben requested that I include, even though I don't think it's that funny. I can't tell if they attach those fins on their back or if those are real. I don't think iguanas have those, right? You're not going to answer my question. Uh, I'm, I was going to talk to you about it like when this is over. This next clip is our reaction to them discovering an entire civilization down in the center of the earth. <laughs> what? No fucking way. Atlantis. What is it doing down here? It sunk. All the way down here? Yeah, to the center of the earth. Doink. What? Makes sense, right? No. This is nuts. Science. This next clip is our reaction to Alec desperately trying to cover himself. Oh, <laughs> fucking Alec! What the fuck? <laughs> what happened to his pants? They flew off. They were like rags. <laughs> He's just naked in the fucking Italian countryside. 
Hey, at least he's not dead. <laughs> no, that sheep. That poor sheep. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. I'm sure they were entertaining. <laughs> I hope you included that iguana bit. God damn you. Might not be God funny, but you. I want you to include I it. I hope I definitely included the clip of the guy with the sheep. I'm going to leave it at that. Because <laughs> that was fucking funny. The very end? Yeah. That was such a good bit. Okay. Do we have any announcements? Ben. Well, we're doing the Halloween Horror Awards. I guess yeah. that's coming out on Tuesday. That's what we said. Yeah. It'll a long come out. time ago at the beginning of this recording. Yeah. A couple like of hours ago. Three hours ago. <laughs> Things are so long. Aside from that, I don't really think we have anything else to announce. Except... Uh, we're doing a, I think, a convention thing wrap up, Yeah, right? I don't know when that's going to come out or when that's going to be recorded. I don't know. At some point, we are going to a convention. In yeah. fact, by the time this episode releases, we'll have gone. Mm-hmm. And I think instead of, like, talking about our experiences there on, like, just whatever the next episode's going to be, we might save that for its own episode just so we yeah. don't have one episode that's really long and just padded with like 45 minutes of, of conversation about a convention that you might not care about. So yeah. that's going to come out at some point. I don't know when it's just whenever Bob's gets to editing it. But uh, aside from that, no more announcements. So, you know, the usual stick, check us out wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple podcasts, other places on the internet, including YouTube, which is not the most convenient to listen to the podcasts at, but it's kind of nice because, like, we can see your support there. We can see how many, like, views a video is getting and, like, subscriptions, which can tell us, like, hey, maybe you're listening to it other places. It's also really nice for you guys because it's got this little bell button. And I know, you know, slap the bell, blah, 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 blah. But it is kind of handy if, like, you don't know how to set up notifications for, like, when we post a video and you want to know. Because, like... YouTube will just bug you. We posted something. Yeah. We, we post at the same time on YouTube as we do. Everywhere uh, else. Everywhere else because of how things are set up. That being said, YouTube is also one of the two main places you can communicate with us at. You can do that in the comment section of a specific video. Or you can uh, climb on over to at Beware the Board over on Twitter and uh, climb into the deep bowels of Bob's mind. <laughs> I try to find oh, the center God. of his disgusting personality and no. see what's... You'd have to find my personal Twitter for that, and that's not that hard. Slurposaurus is hiding beneath the surface. Ugh. It's just Gertrude. <laughs> it's just, it's just Gertrude. a duck. It's just a duck. It's what's in my brain. Oh, well, you know that old SpongeBob episode where Plankton's piloting? Oh, my <laughs> God. It's just me, but it's Gertrude instead. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <sighs> Like Ben said, check us out on Twitter, at Beware the Board. It's where you post information about the show, updates about the show. Basically, if there's anything you want to know about the show, check us out there. On Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that Friday's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal so you can watch the episode, watch the movie before we do, so that if you listen to the episode, we don't get any spoilers. So if we're being, being really vague about stuff, you kind of know what we're talking about. Then... On Fridays, I post a link to the episode with maybe an associated meme if something was funny. So if you ever missed an upload or want to know when something went up, there's always a link on our Twitter. Then check us out on YouTube Shorts and at TikTok at Where the Board. Hopefully there'll be some short form up there soon. We're working on a new format. Yeah, uh, Bob's got the short done. And for once, I actually like it. <laughs> Mostly because I think it's more entertaining than our usual stuff. 
Yeah. So I'm like, congratulations, Bob. The issue is that like we're having trouble getting it to upload the way we want it to look on YouTube. Yeah. TikTok's fine. TikTok's fine. But there's some weird uh, YouTube things. I suggested a fix. I'll try to Bob it. earlier. We'll see if it works. Yeah. So uh, whenever we get it fixed that it looks right on YouTube, we'll post them both at the same time. Yeah. So. Basically, I'm going to wait till I can have them ready for both. And then I look, don't hold me to this Internet. OK, audience, please don't come for me. I'm going to try to do shorts twice a week. Yeah, because you figured it out. It's not that bad. Right? Monday and Wednesday and then Friday episodes just to keep the content machine flowing. Let to me, be honest. Let me ask the question for yeah. a hypothetical. What if uh-huh. we have multiple episodes a week? What are you going to be uh, doing about that short form content? Crying. Are you just going to drop like an episode? Nope. Of short form? I'm going to try to do it all. Oh, okay. We'll see if that happens. I don't know. All right. Fair enough, I guess. I'm not nearly as committed to keeping the short form schedule, but I'm going to try to keep it. That's fair. I, I just, just thought I should ask. Just because there are so many. Like, we talked about something funny earlier today that you were like, you should clip that for short form. And I'm like, I should. That's hilarious. Uh, sure, was, I did. You did. I don't know what you're talking about. We were talking about, um, oh my god, I forgot what we were talking about. It was something. Was this before the movie? Yeah, way. This was like when we were eating food earlier, like way earlier. Okay. But anyway, I digress. Check us out at TikTok app or where the board and on YouTube Shorts if you like short form content. Hopefully, there'll be some new stuff up there soon. I think that's everything. All right. Well, uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, we'll uh, see you guys next time.